This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we look back at the opener of the CBB as Bates football makes an early statement. We sit down with the president of Bates College, Clayton Spencer, for our featured interview, and we chat with our Bobcats of the week, junior women's cross-country runner Jess Wilson and first-year punter Justin Foley. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Saturday marked the beginning of the CBB as Colby, Bates, and Bowden battle it out in football for superiority in the state of Maine. The Bobcats traveled to Waterville, a place they hadn't won at since 1999 to take on the Mules. A defensive struggle ensued. With the game tied at three in the third quarter, junior Trevor Lyons jumped in front of a pass and took it to the house for his first career pick six. Lions credits preparation for the game-changing interception. Well, we've been practicing all week. We knew Colby liked the quick game, so, you know, in the game, it's kind of something you just sort of feel out. You know, me and Brandon Williams have been doing a great job all week on jumping the quick stuff, and we're aggressive corners, and I had to step up and make a play. Leading 10-3, to the Bobcats surrendered a fourth-quarter touchdown, but they blocked the extra point as sophomore Colin Richardson got his hand up to tip the kick at the line of scrimmage. The defense held from there and Bates prevailed to get their first win of the year and move one step closer to defending their CBB title. Being able to call yourselves the best NESCAC football team in Maine definitely means something, means a lot to the program, to alums, everyone involved. Head coach Mark Harriman was thrilled by the defense's performance. In my time at Bates, that was probably one of the grittiest defensive performance that we've had. I mean, it's just a phenomenal effort just time and time again. and I couldn't say enough great things about the, the entire unit. I think I thought overall they played really well. If the Bobcats beat Bowden this Saturday at Garcelon Field on Senior Day, they will win back-to-back outright CBB titles for the first time since 1966 and 1967. Beating rival Colby was a theme this week in Bates Athletics as the women's soccer team knocked off the Mules by a final score of 2-1 to one on Tuesday. Senior Karen Lockhart, in her final game at Russell Street Field, had the game-winning goal. To end uh, our games on Russell Street with a win against a team that we haven't beaten yet in my time here has been uh, it's been really special, and it's a team that always comes to play. It's always a battle. To get the W is a really big deal for us. The field hockey team went to Colby needing a win Tuesday to make the NESCAC tournament, and they got it as they beat the Mules 1-0. Senior captain goalkeeper Christina Vega picked up the shutout. Head coach Danny Ryder and the Bobcats qualified for the NESCAC tournament for the first time since 2010. Vega just played phenomenal. I can't say anything more than that. Um, I'm just so proud of her. As a former goalkeeper myself, I know um, just she was just unstoppable today. Men's soccer was not quite as fortunate as they also went to Colby on Wednesday, needing a win to qualify for the NESCAC tournament. They ended up fighting the Mules to a nil-nil draw. The good news is the men's soccer team finishes their 2015 campaign with their most wins since 2008. Saturday saw the men's and women's cross-country teams compete in the NESCAC championships. The men's team finished 7th with senior Alan Summerall finishing 8th out of 129 runners. Meanwhile, the women's team finished 5th, beating rivals Colby and Bowden along the way. 
Head coach Jay Hartshorn was pleased. It was a little better than we expected, only because we had lost to Colby and Bowden two weeks before at our state meet. And so that was a big thing for us, sort of gearing in on those teams. But the state meet course was really flat and very fast. And so we were hopeful that this course was just a much better match for us. And I think it proved to be the case. And we ended up um, beating both Colby and Bowden by quite a bit and ending up in that fifth place spot. Unfortunately, Saturday saw the season's end for both field hockey and women's soccer in the NESCAC quarterfinals. Field hockey hung tough with undefeated and top-ranked Bowdoin, but fell by a score of 4-1. to Women's soccer took the early lead, but ended up dropping a 2-1 to decision at Trinity. Field hockey finishes the fall with their most wins since 2005, while women's soccer tallied their best winning percentage since 2006. Now it's time to talk to our Bobcats of the Week. Our female Bobcat of the Week is junior cross-country runner Jessica Wilson. She finished 17th out of 123 runners in the NESCAC championships on Saturday. I understand when you first came here, you had never run cross-country before. You'd run track. So what kind of adjustment was that for you to become to the point where you are now? Yes, that's correct. Um, so I'd never run cross-country prior to coming to Bates, but um, Coach Jay greatly encouraged me to run cross-country. Um, she said that it would not only help track, but she thought that I would also enjoy it. And I wasn't completely convinced because um, I had gone from running mostly the half mile for track to running, you know, a three mile cross country race, which is, you know, there's there's a difference there. And so I uh, immediately fell in love with the sport. Um, one of the great things about cross country is that it's a very close knit team. Um, track is wonderful, but cross country, there's uh, 30 girls on the team and everyone is supportive of one another regardless of ability or anything like that even with homework um, there's a girl on our team right now who I think could win Jeopardy easily <laughs> so you know I always just like to surround myself with her because it just it just works out well for me and works out well for it's just great so uh, yeah so I, I really think that um, cross country is a wonderful wonderful sport because it's really a sport where you know, you're pushing yourself mentally, and I think that the support of your teammates helps with that. So I think the transition for me was really rooted in my teammates and just ha having such a great support system, especially transitioning into college. Um, you can't ask for anything better than that. So this past weekend, what was really clicking for you there on the course? So this past weekend, um, so we raced at uh, Wesleyan, and it was gradual, but um, quite a few hills. And we practice on Pineland, uh, Pineland Farms in Grey New Gloucester, which is also relatively hilly. Um, and I think that that hill training really came into play. Additionally, our team talked about uh, maintaining what we like to call pack mentality, which is that we race together and we race um, as a pack. And in that way, it really helps to push one another. So if one person's struggling, the other person can pull them along and vice versa. And oftentimes, you know, that person can switch roles throughout the race and so it's really beneficial to race with your teammates and since we train together and we race together I think that really came together um, you know it came together that we had a, a four or five pack we had two of them we had um, we had uh, four or five girls running the first mile together and then the next uh, five girls were about 10 seconds behind so everyone the spread was very minimal which is really really a cool thing to see because it shows that we all train together and we work together and when it comes down to it cross country is not an individual sport it's really a team sport and I think that's 
what made the difference this weekend. And that's really interesting because everyone thinks of running as being very individual. It's like a relay race and track or something, and that's not true, right? Nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially for cross country. I would say that it might even be more of a team sport, arguably, um, because for cross country, the top five score. And so what that means is that, you know, and not only just those five people are integral to the team, every member of the team is integral, not only in a mental sense and a supportive sense, but um, every person contributes. And so, you know, you could have the fastest girl in the country on your team. And if you don't have, you know, that depth, which is kind of what we have this year, which is what is, you know, making us so strong this year, it's you're not going to be the same team. You really have to have a strong group of girls, which is what we have this year. A few more events coming up. The NCAA regional is obviously still ahead. Uh, what are some of your goals personally and as a team here in the next two events coming up? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so regionals are very exciting. Uh, regionals are at Conn College this year, which is a relatively similar course to Wesleyan, which was the course we ran at this weekend. And so, again, we have a lot of hills, uh, relatively sloping hills, but it'll, it'll definitely be a challenging race for sure. Um, and so I think team goals, um, we were very pleasantly surprised with how we placed at NESCAX. We expected to come in seventh or so, sixth or seventh, and we were just ecstatic by coming in fifth. Uh, we were so pleased, um, and everyone was so proud of each other. And so I think that, you know, a good goal would be to, you know, I think place-wise, you know, do the best we can. Uh, I think as a team collectively, we would like to improve on our finish from last year, which was 10th which is awesome. Uh, we were so excited about that, um, but it's always nice to improve year to year. And so I think improving from 10th place would be great. It'd be a good team goal. And again, I think maintaining that pack mentality is really what's gonna make the difference, especially regionals when there's such a large field and everyone is so competitive, it helps to have your teammate right there next to you. And it was nice to beat uh, Colby and Bowden over the weekend, right? It was awesome. It felt great. I think everybody, was, even Jay, was really excited. And Jay went to Colby, so <laughs> that's, that's saying something. Yeah, we were very excited. I know you're still focusing on cross country right now, but mm -hmm. track is coming up. So how does that transition work for you mm -hmm from cross country right into track season? Yeah, it's it's a definitely kind of a hectic time, and I'm sure uh, Jay's probably talked about how it's a little hectic for her. So today is the first day of track officially, um, and so we have you know a group of 60 or so girls, um, and 30 of them are cross country runners, and then we get the throwers and the jumpers, and we get this whole new mix of people, and it's this awesome energy that um, is brought to you know the indoor track, and I think it's really cool for the people who are still running cross country to get this cool new energy and you get to meet all these new people and everyone's all excited. And I think that's kind of a good boost for the cross country runners who are still racing. And then additionally, it's really nice um, when we do eventually transition because we've been, you know, we'll be running with them for the next two weeks or so. When we do start transitioning to practicing with them, it'll be, you know, that much more fun and that much more productive by already establishing these relationships with the other track runners. All right, Jess Wilson, our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. A male Bobcat of the Week, first-year punter, yes, the punter for the football team, Justin Foley, won the NESCAC Special Teams Player of the Week award as he pinned Colby inside their own 20-yard line seven times on Saturday. Three of his punts ended up pinning the mules inside their own five. Was that your best performance, you think, high school, college, punting-wise, you recall? Um, yeah, probably the most impact in the game wise I'd say it was yeah probably the most important uh, most influential anyhow 
And I'm curious, when did you start punting? Like, how did that happen, develop in your life? Well, I grew up, I always played soccer until I was in eighth grade, and uh, so I knew how to kick. In high school, came along, and we had tryouts for freshman team punter, and I uh, was able to somehow kick a spiral and figure that one out, so I stuck with it. So you just showed up at the freshman team tryout, that was the first time you'd ever punted a football? Uh, no, I, I did a little bit in middle school, but it was just, like, wacky, and then the, the spiral was completely by accident, and it, the best thing I ever found out. Now you're a guy who also plays baseball, and you'll be playing baseball for Bates. Uh, which sport did you play more growing up? It sounds like baseball probably, because football started in high school. I mean, I always played football since I was in third grade. But I started kicking in high school. Gotcha. But um, I sneaky have loved baseball more than I have football. I mean, I still love football. Don't take anything away from it. But yeah, I was kind of always focused baseball growing up, and football just started up and on the rise in high school, really. So you're from Massachusetts, so what prompted you to come up here to Bates? Uh, I have a lake house like north of here, so I knew of the school, and I'm really familiar with the area, and I like it up here, so it's a comfortable fit. It's homely up here. And on Saturday against Colby, what was really clicking for you? It sounds like, it looked like when I was at the game that you'd perfect snaps and just in motion, you know, fluid motion pretty much? Yeah, perfect snaps from Luke Mack. He's always always keeping it on point, never messing up. And, uh, yeah, I just worked, practiced my drops all week, so that's the most important thing for me, and they were just dropping on point, so we had a successful operation. And you were also named NESCAC Special Teams Player of the Week. Uh, did you know about that before? Uh, I knew that they did that, but I didn't know anything about it until Sunday afternoon. Somebody told me. What was your reaction when you found out? I just thought it was a cool honor. And then as a first year, how have you kind of adjusted to the college game? I mean, for a punter, is it any different than high school? Um, the only thing that's different is the guys coming at you are bigger, but if, as long as they're getting blocked, it's all the same. And then I don't think you've had one block, uh, punt block yet, have you? No, yeah. no. I'm trying to keep it that way. <laughs> oh, knock some wood. <laughs> yeah, knock some wood, right, yeah. exactly. Baseball-wise, you're a pitcher, right? Yeah. How are you looking forward to balancing those two sports throughout college here? Um, to be honest, I really am not sure yet, so it's going to be a, a year of experience. So I know whenever football ends, I start working baseball workouts right away. So they, baseball has me most of the year. The football gets me in the beginning of the year. So, What have some of the older guys been telling you about the CBB? Um, that it's a long-lasting tradition, and it's uh, something that gets us fired up every year, and we look forward to it, try to win it every year. And as a punter, what are you doing like during those long practices, typically, in terms of your routine? Uh, kick a little bit in the beginning, come inside, work out, and call it a day after that, really. <laughs> so living, fairly, living fairly routine? Life over here, yeah. <laughs> living the life, exactly. All right, well, Justin Foley, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Our featured interview this week on the Bates Bobcast is with the president of Bates College, Clayton Spencer. Spencer took office on July 1, 2012, and from the moment she stepped on campus, her passion for the school's 31 varsity sports has been noticeable. She wants Bates student-athletes to win on and off the field. You know, I know you're into sports. When did you really first start to really find that passion for athletics? I think I first started when I was a little kid. I'm third in a family of four. Older brother was a Yankees fan. Boo. <laughs> um, older sister, not particularly into sports. And uh, But I started by playing outside. We had a great neighborhood our yard was the gathering place. We played kickball every afternoon. Then we evolved to football and basketball. So I started the way any active, competitive little kid starts, I think. 
And then in terms of sports that you were following, did you follow like basketball teams closely or whatnot? I was born in North Carolina, the basketball capital of the world, collegiate basketball. Moved to Virginia when I was two and lived from age two to 13 in Virginia. And the entire time I lived in Virginia, every time we were in a car, we were listening on scratchy AM radio to the live broadcasts of Davidson College basketball games. So Davidson has reemerged into prominence as the home of Steph Curry. Back then, Lefty Rizal was the coach of Davidson before he went to Maryland, and we had several guys, Fred Hetzel, Dick Schneider, Mike Malloy, who, who went from Davidson to be pros. And so Davidson was consumed with basketball. My dad was, had been on the faculty at Davidson. He's a graduate of Davidson. And ultimately, when I was 13, he went back to be president of Davidson. And in the meantime, Davidson basketball intruded in its scratchy radio form into our family life um, in all sorts of ways. It was way before the era of live video casts. But we followed every move. I knew every player, Barry Teague, you name it. And then you ended up going to Williams College for your undergrad. Did you pl play any sports there or follow the sports when you were there? Yeah, I played varsity basketball. But I want to say so that there's no misunderstanding about that. I hold a, a record. It, it, this was all pre-NESCAC. One of my colleagues at Harvard used to introduce me at events and say I held the record for the lowest vertical jump in women's basketball, um, which is probably true because I am a spectacularly mediocre athlete. But the deal is I spent my whole life shooting baskets. So by the time, and there were, my, my high school, we didn't have any girls' teams. It was before Title IX. So there were no girls' teams. Ultimately, I went away to school. I got to play basketball there. Then I played at Williams, and I had a really good shot. So I played varsity ball at Williams pre-Title IX. We probably barely had enough people to scrape together a team. Um, and I played freshman year, sophomore year, and then I went, went away the second half of my sophomore year. And then when I came back, I didn't play junior and senior year. And so you must be, I mean, obviously very pleased with the evolution of college athletics in terms of, you know, being much more inclusive now for, you know, women's sports. Absolutely. And I was thrilled to raise my kids. I have a boy and a girl who are now in their 20s, but I was thrilled that they absolutely had equal opportunities for athletic events. And I was a very enthusiastic soccer mom uh, with my kids. Neither one of them was interested in basketball. And then obviously you were at Harvard for years and years and then ended up coming here to Bates to become president. What attracted you to the opportunity here um, in, in Lewiston? I love the mission and history of Bates. I have always loved the liberal arts. So when I was 13, I moved back and grew up the rest of my junior high and high school on the campus of Davidson College. And then, by the way, I went to every single home game. I don't know if this is documented. I do not think I missed a home game. And Davidson used to play in the Charlotte Coliseum. So it was like a big deal. So I grew up at Davidson, went to Williams, higher ed junkie my whole life, very interested in returning to a liberal arts setting where the scale allows you to be closer to the enterprise, to the students. At Harvard, I was in the central administration. I loved what I did for 15 years there, but was ready for a new challenge. Um, I have a passion for Maine. Um, 
had spent my entire adult life, our family going to summers in Maine, so that makes me kind of a Maine cliche, thinking it's all about the summer. But um, I, I love the idea of coming to Maine and leading an institution with the values, mission, history, and character that Bates has. Everyone always talks about the balance between you know, great academics and great athletics. What's your philosophy in terms of how those two can work together? So I think NESCAC has arguably the best balance in higher education because it's Division Three, and the entire league, with the exception of Hamilton, is very geographically proximate. So it means you're not flying places to play your games. So I think it's possible to be a serious student and a very serious and accomplished athlete and do both. And we hear from a lot of employers. It's really interesting. We have certain employers who come talk to me about who they're looking for um, coming out of a place like Bates or Williams or Middlebury, and they say they only want the NESCAC athletes because they want the team players, they want the work ethic, and they want the competitive spirit. Obviously, your basketball background, the basketball team, the men's team at last year made the Sweet 16, and basketball season's coming up. How excited are you for basketball season here? I'm super excited. It's going to be really interesting to see those Del Pesh twins do their thing yet again. It's going to be interesting to see a new offense without Graham Safford, who was such an incredible leader on the court last year. You may not know this, but I am the faculty liaison to the basketball team, so I will go and meet with the team at some point. Um, I don't call the plays, um, <laughs> and, but I enjoy watching, and I really try to get to every home game. So the faculty lia- liaison program, how does that work exactly? So every team has a faculty member who is interested in the team, gets to know the members, may host them for something at their house at some point, and also is a resource if a coach wants to talk to a faculty member about academic issues or has any questions about how to get the team better supported in in any way. It's fairly informal, and different coaches use it to different extents. But um, John Furbush and I are, we're pals. I love the role. And obviously we touched on the Ivy League and you being at Harvard for years. Yeah. Just, I guess if you could go to some more detail, you know, based on your experience here and previously when you were at Williams as an undergrad, how does the, the NESCAC schools compare to the kind of the Ivy League in terms of academics, athletics, just personality yeah. in general? So the Ivy League or Div- Division One. Um, and it's somewhat similar to the NESCAC in the sense that you've got a group of, of institutions that are very much alike, both academically and athletically. But at a large university where you've got a law school, a business school, a med school, none of that is about the athletics. Um, I didn't feel as close to the athletic enterprise. So I went to the Harvard-Yale game every year, but I didn't go very often to other football games, even though I love football. Um, I occasionally went to basketball games. Um, I'm not a hockey fan because I grew up in the South, and I can't follow. I have no clue what's going on with that little puck flying around. (laughs) Um, So I just feel like it's much closer. You're much closer to the athletics here. And the fact that Garcelon Field is right smack in the middle of campus and Alumni Gym is such a sweet home court advantage um, makes it, all the more fun and all the more accessible. And for me to be able to, like, 
leave the office, go home, grab a little dinner, and go over to a game, an alumni gym or a night game. I went to a the soccer game against Bowdoin, I think it was, early in the season here that was a night game. It was fabulous. I love that sense of being out with the student body at night. It's, it's, it's fun. And we kind of have our own version of the Harvard-Yale game coming up with uh, Bates versus Bowdoin here on right. upcoming Saturday. They just beat Colby, a chance to win another CBB title. That, that's pretty special in the state of Maine, isn't it? It's very special. And I have the CBB ball from two years ago in my office, which they gave me, which I treasure. And I very much hope that we will retain the title. Um, it's been a tough year in football, and I was really thrilled that we got the victory over Colby. And I hope that we will now continue our momentum, and I'll be there at the game. How much, if at all, I guess, do you work with Kevin, the athletic director, in terms of you know getting updates on the athletics department and whatnot? Kevin, I, I talk to Kevin mostly just in passing. We, I'll see him around and I'll say, okay, so what's going on in men's soccer? They, they have an amazing defense. It's all these 0-0 ties and double overtime. Or I, I often have like some cockamamie notion of why I think we won or lost a game. And I'll say, Kevin, okay, give me the straight scoop. And he'll tell me what's really going on. So I see a lot of Kevin. There's lots of good back and forth. And he and the coaches, I mean, I'll write to a coach if they had a great game. Just shoot him an email. Um, I see the rowers over at the gym in the morning. I work out every, well, four mornings a week. I have a boot camp class I do with some other colleagues over in the gym. And the those giant tree trunks of men and women are there on the ergs. And so I'll see Peter Steenstra. So I love the back and forth. I guess last question for you to kind, of, to kind of wrap it up, you know, moving forward in the upcoming years, where do you see Bates going in terms of athletics and where do you see the NESCAC going? So as I said, I think the NESCAC is already a very strong league. Um, I think, you know, if you look at the Director's Cup, which is the overall um, wins and losses in postseason play for a basket of sports, you see Williams has won it all but two of the years it's been in existence. I love the fact that other schools are coming up to create a more competitive league. So you see some real advances with Amherst over the last five years Um similarly with Middlebury, and then you start looking at what we've been doing. And if you see what our women did in field hockey, volleyball, women's soccer this year, all good, strong seasons, right path. Men's soccer, great. We're always strong in cross country. Um, You see what we're doing in basketball, lacrosse. We had an amazing season last year. Our baseball program, um, big team, not a quick turnaround, but very strong team experience. So I see the league becoming ever more competitive, um, and I see us, uh, through really incredible leadership by coaches, building very strong programs. And I should also say, in that context, squash and rowing. because uh, what Peter Steenstra has done with our rowing team is astounding, um, and last year's national championship shows that. Also, the fact that on the head of the Charles, we came in third and sixth, our first two women's boats, that is a depth that you can just look down the list. No other program can, can claim. And then what Pat Kosker has done in, in squash is stunning. 
and I know I'm forgetting people and I'm sorry, but, um, but that's, you know, I think, and I think ac- um, athletics is really important because it does teach you a work ethic. It teaches you fundamental teamwork, which is a life skill. Um, it teaches you the importance of time management, balance between sports and academics. These are incredibly valuable life skills. And frankly, it's more fun developing those skills when you're winning more than you're losing. So I'm a big fan of strong leadership from the coaches, strong recruiting, um, and beginning to really amass very solid records across many sports. Clay and Spencer, president of Bates College. Thanks so much. Thank you. Don't worry, fans. We haven't forgotten about the volleyball team. They went 2-1 and one this past week, and now they head to the NESCAC tournament. The Bobcats visit number one seed Bowden on Friday at 5 o'clock for their first round match if you want to make the trip. The football team welcomes Bowden to town at 12.30 p.m. on Saturday. You will want to head to Garcelon Field for that one as Bates looks to make history with a win and yet another CBB title. Meanwhile, both cross-country teams are competing in the ECAC championships on Saturday. We'll have coverage of all those events and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my